0: Well, hello, this is Rudy Holland with PRH Ministries and for another podcast today from the book of Philippians. And I trust that you'll get your Bibles and turn with us. We're going to be finishing the second chapter of the Lord willing today in our running commentary from the book of Philippians. You know, there have been many people in my life that have inspired me uh, in ministry, some of them have been people who have uh, ministered in spite of great pain, in spite of great physical difficulties. Uh, so many that I could just, I, I can name. I think about Tim Lee. Uh, Vietnam vet, lost his legs. Never let it stop him. He's traveled all over the world literally preaching and all over the country and he's still doing so from a wheelchair. And God has blessed him just I mean Tim's a great man, good friend I appreciate him so much I, I, I think about, about about a pastor that uh, inspired me not only because of uh, preaching in spite of, of great pain many times and physical problems but because of his sweet humble spirit. It was a man by the name of Dr. Jack Hudson he pastored the Great Northside Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina for many, many years. And I had the privilege of getting to know Dr. Hudson quite well. I spoke for him at the church there on a couple of occasions and really got to appreciate his ministry. He he came to my, my my assistance in a very dark time in my life. Our son was undergoing brain surgery for a, a brain tumor. And I was scheduled to speak at, at our stewardship banquet and we had uh, rented a, a facility outside of our church, to house, the, the crowd that we were expecting. And it was packed and we knew it would be. And yeah, I needed to be at the hospital. So I called Dr. Hudson and I asked him was there any way he could come. And it was about a three-hour drive from... Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina uh, to Virginia where I pastored. He said, let me see what I can do. He had another engagement. He rearranged all of that, came and spoke and blessed the hearts of our people at that banquet and then drove back, it was on Saturday night, drove back so he could be in his pulpit. And this was a man who suffered from arthritis who every day that he woke up he woke up woke up with some measure of pain and yet sacrificially he came and he blessed me and he blessed our people if you're going to have a right relationship with others there are two things that I want to I want to point out First of all, you've got to look and see how God is blessing and using other people that maybe are having to suffer and go through difficult times in order to carry out the ministry or the calling that God has placed upon their life. The second thing is you've got to determine as long as humanly possible You're not going to allow the aches, the pains, the heartaches, the heartbreaks, the difficulties to stop you from being a blessing to somebody else. Now in the second chapter of the book of Philippians, Paul again is talking about how we can maintain our our inner joy, that joy unspeakable and full of glory. That... that fullness of joy that we 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 so desire to have in our Christian life, and he gives to us the supreme example of the Lord Jesus, who was a servant who sacrificed himself for our sins and shed his blood on the cross. And he then gives us the example of of himself, the Apostle Paul, and and his son in the faith Timothy, and the closeness of their relationship, and and uh, how the he, Paul rejoiced because of what, the blessings and of God in the lives and the ministries of those in Philippi but how God uh, had given him a a son in the faith Timothy and he was rejoicing and praising God for for giving him Timothy that would come alongside him as a son is to a uh, to a father and and with him in the ministry he gives to us these examples and then we come to verse number 25, I believe it is, yes. In chapter number 2, where Paul gives to us the last of the examples for us to follow in our relationship with other people. This example is a man by the name of Epaphroditus. And here's what Paul wrote about him. He said, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus now, he, he defines his relationship with Epaphroditus. Notice what it says. He says, My brother, and companion in labor, a fellow soldier, but he's your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all, and was full of heaviness, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh to death, but God had mercy on him, not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. And I send him, therefore, the more carefully, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was now to death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. You know what Paul was saying? Paul was saying, if you want a real joy in your life and you really want to know the fullness of joy, you can, You want to be able to rejoice in the Lord always, and again, say re, rejoice, you need some friends like Epaphroditus. You need some friends like Dr. Jack Hudson. <laughs> That's just one, I can name others. You need to have some examples out there so that when trials and tribulations come to you, you don't give up, you don't give in. You just keep on keeping on. You need, you need to learn how to, 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 to be, to be the, the one who suffers, goes through the difficult times, and pushes through it just for the cause of Christ. I find too many people that if they have a hangnail won't go to church. I find too many people for the least little thing find an excuse of why they can't serve the Lord. I'm glad Epaphroditus wasn't like that. Epaphroditus, even though he was sick, and, and Paul said in, in, in our text, I mean, he was really sick. Nine to death. And yet, He was the the bearer of the letter written to those believers in Philippi that we're reading right now. He carried this letter written by Paul from Rome to these believers in Philippi. Even though he had been sick, even though he was not in the best of health maybe, even at this time, who knows? I say to you, that feeling sorry for yourself, giving up, giving in (laughs) to a few aches and pains, I'm not talking about when you're really ill and really sick, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about when you could, but you don't want to, you don't feel like it, then you just need to know that if you really want to know the fullness of the joy of the Lord, Just go ahead and do what you know you ought to do. I'm not an example to follow by any stretch of the imagination, but as I was preparing my thoughts from these last verses, I recalled an incident in my life, and it was more my mother was doing than my own choosing, but I did choose, and I'm glad I did. I was very close to my father, my father worked in the shipyards worked among the asbestos and wound up with lung cancer at 59 years of age. He died of lung cancer. He died on a Saturday night. We were all gathered at the cancer center in Roanoke, Virginia. We'd all said our goodbyes and all of that, and we were preparing to leave and go back to Lynchburg. Where my father would be carried and would eventually be buried. And uh, I went to my mother. I'm the eldest, I'm the only boy of the children. And I, I went to her and I said, Mom, I'll, I'll drive you back to Lynchburg. She said, No, you won't. I, I'm going to ride with Diane. That's my baby sister. I'll be riding with Diane. And she looked at me. Now, I'm devastated at the death of my father. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, son, you know what your dad would want you to do. I dropped my head. I said, yes, ma'am. I went back to my house. I struggled through the night, slept a little bit. And I went to the church like my dad would want me to do. I walked in the pulpit and I announced that my dad had passed. And I preached. Between the time of the death of my father and the time that I went to the pulpit, I laid aside all the notes and all the studies that I had done in preparation for that particular sermon. And God gave me a message on heaven. I'm going to forget. I preached that message. And even though my heart was broken at the thought of the death of my father, my best friend, The person that I called for every major decision in my life was my dad. He was my hunting buddy, my fishing partner. He was more than just dad. We were close. But I can remember walking out of that pulpit with my wife and babies and getting in the car and thinking, I can't believe this. As sad as I am, as hurt as I am, there's a peace, there's a joy that I can't deny. You see, when you give yourself to do what you know you ought to do, and that'll be in serving others, even when you don't feel like it, there is a consequence, there's a reward that comes. And that is there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I suggest to you, when Dr. Jack Hudson, in the latter years of his life, bones so frail and brittle from the, from the arthritis and the medications and all the rest, stooped over in his statue, he stooped over, waking every morning to pain but when he got up and he, and he did what he knew he was supposed to do, preach the gospel, be a blessing to a, to a hurting young preacher some miles away, counseling those people in his church, ministering, at the end of the day, he'd be worn out, and his body may be racked in pain, but his heart was filled with joy because he had fulfilled God's calling in his life. I'm not asking you to be a martyr, and I certainly don't feel like I've been a martyr, and I'm certainly not a martyr. But I am suggesting to you that there's something to be said for just serving God, even when it's not comfortable. There's something to be said to being a blessing to others Maybe when you need a blessing. <laughs> you know. But the blessing you'll get by serving others is the very blessing you need. So if we're going to have a right relationship with other people, I go back to the key verse in chapter number two where the Apostle Paul said that we will esteem others better than ourselves. That's Philippians 2.3. And we're to look on the needs of others even before we look on our own personal needs. We're to care about others. I do a daily devotion on Facebook. Many of you know that. And right now, as I'm doing a series through the book of First John. And I've been amazed at how, and I knew, but it just never dawned on me, how much of 1 John uh, talks about loving others the way Jesus loves us how we are to love like Jesus. In a real sense, our relationship with others has to be with an unconditional love, just like the unconditional love that Jesus has for us. If we will do that, then Philippians 4.4 will become a reality in our life. We'll be able to rejoice in the Lord and always again. I say rejoice. We can know the fullness of His joy and we'll find that the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, these are our final faults in Philippians chapter 2, but we aren't finished because we've been talking about the things that will keep us from having fullness of joy. And our, our own relationship with others will certainly do that. And becoming victim to our circumstances instead of victors will do that. In our next podcast, we begin talking about something else that can become a detriment, yes, a thief, of our joy. I hope you're join with us for the next podcast. Call somebody. Tell them about the podcast. Thank you for listening today. I've enjoyed being with you, and I hope you've enjoyed these few simple thoughts. God bless you today, and goodbye.